Boys and girls, and welcome to another episode 137 of the Motorcycle Men podcast. I am Ted here in the V Twin Cafe in the corner booth. Uh, Yet we have another interview episode for you, Uh, another good one. So thanks for tuning in and listening to this show, and of course, all of the Motorcycle Men episodes. Uh, If you would like to help out the show, you can go to our website at motorcyclemen.us. And there you can click on the donate button on the homepage if you'd like to help us out with a singular PayPal donation. Another way you can help out is give us some feedback. Go over to iTunes and give us a rating, good, bad, or indifferent, doesn't matter. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to getting your thoughts on the show. Uh, You can also send us an email to motomenpc at gmail.com or go to our contact page on the website and send us a note there. I read all of our emails. And if yours is snarky enough, I hope read it on the show. Okay. Don't forget to visit your local Cycle Gear for all your motorcycle needs from clothing to parts. Cycle Gear is your premier one-stop shopping location. And with 136 stores nationwide, you're bound to find a store near you to help you find what you are looking for. You can trust in receiving great pricing and top-notch customer care. If you are in New Jersey area, be sure to stop in to the Edison store and see Chainsaw Ginny or Sean and tell them that the motorcycle men sent you and they'll take good care of you. And for the best in motorcycle jeans, there is only one place you should be going, and that is Tobacco Motorwear Company. Dave and the crew over there make motorcycle riding jeans that will outperform that old ratty pair you have and the ones you've been wearing and most other brands available. Not only do they perform well, but they are also the best-looking and most comfortable selvage jeans you will ever wear or own. And for further protection and style, get yourself a California riding shirt, totally Kevlar-lined. Comfortable, safe, and absolutely stunning. I wear a pair of motorcycle riding jeans and the California riding shirt each time I ride. They feel great, they look great, and they give me that extra security when riding that I want from my gear. Tobacco Motorwear Company. Visit them at www.tobaccomotorwear.com and tell Dave and the crew that the Motorcycle Men sent you and use that coupon code MOTORCYCLEMEN when you are ordering. Now, life is tough sometimes. Finances, relationships, jobs, all the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis are, for the most part, easy for some of us to deal with. We have our sense of purpose, we set our goals, and we proceed with our lives tackling and slaying the beasts that might otherwise take that purpose and well-being away from us. For some, however, this task is not so simple and it sometimes ends in tragedy for them and those close to them. I'm talking about suicide. Over 40,000 people each year take their own lives and countless others consider it, including many of our veterans. Thanks to organizations like the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and my guest tonight, we are working to put an end to this. All right, joining me now, all the way from my favorite place in the world, Moab, Utah, 
our new friend from right out of the darkness, Grant Bourne. Grant, welcome to the Motorcycle Men podcast, sir. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm glad you can make it. So I tell you what, let's get into, uh, tell us about yourself, uh, where you're from, what you do, how you started riding, uh, what bikes you currently ride, and what do you have? Uh, so I retired out of the Marine Corps about a year and a half ago. Um, oh, thanks for your service. No need to thank me. Thank you for the support, though. Um, I currently, I, I didn't start riding until I was 31. So, and that was a CBR 600 F3 that, that, like I said, left me on the side of the road probably as many times as I left it in the garage. Uh, but I did love that bike. Um, currently, I have a 2014 Street Glide nice. that I've got uh, 95,000 miles on. Wow. Uh, I've got a 2015 Wide Glide that I ride, about 15,000 miles on it. And then I've got nice. my 2018 Road King, uh, which is for this trip, which we're at just over 37,000 miles on. Wow. Is that uh, what the, do you so, have the 114 in that or the 107? Unfortunately, there's only a 107 option in the touring bikes unless you get a CBO. All right. Um, And it's, but it's plenty of power. I mean, the the twin cams have nothing on the Milwaukee 8s personally. And that's coming from a guy with a twin cam and a, you know, a high output 103 and a regular 103. And and the the 107 is just, um, it just goes. I haven't had the chance to ride one yet, so I'm going to get that soon, I hope. Uh, you might buy one if you do. They're that nice. <laughs> well, we'll see what my wallet says about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's used ones on the market now. So I'm sure. Good. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I call home, uh, I, li- I live in San Diego. I call Arizona home. Um, you know, my girlfriend and I live down in, in Valley Center, California. Uh, and I've been out there this time about two years now. So. All right. Now, how many miles did you say you had on? So, the bike that you're using for this for this ride that you're doing is that the 2018 Road King? That's the, yeah, the 2018 Road King. Everybody asked me why I didn't do it on the Street Glide, but uh, the transmission's starting to fall apart. The primary drive needs replaced, and when you're over 75,000 miles, you can't buy an extended service plan. Oh yeah. So it only made sense to purchase a new bike. Uh, so I bought 2018 Road King. Uh, ABS on it and color. Those are the really the only, oh, and security. Those are the only options I put on it, which I guess are the options you can get on it. But, uh, added a tour pack and lower fairings and pulled some stuff off my street glide to use that I knew I would need for the trip. Oh, there you go. Um, and then uh, I got on a road and I, I just crossed over 37,000 miles on the odometer today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started the trip with 1,054 miles on the bike. I wanted to, to break it in and shake it down and make sure everything was good. When, when, uh, when did you purchase? I got on the road. When did you purchase that? Uh, I brought it home November 9th. I paid for it November 10th. So, so since uh, November 10th, you've put on 35,000 miles. Uh, well, since January 1st, I've put on 36,000 miles. Yikes! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. You are my hero. There you go. Oh my God. <laughs> well, that's but amazing. This is my this is my job now, though. So yeah, you know, I have made this my job. You could be um, sitting behind a desk. Yeah, I I don't I don't do that well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either, but I still do it. <laughs> yeah, the bills got to be paid, so I get yeah. it. If I had to do it, I would do it. I understand. So. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Ride Out of the Darkness and what your mission is? Well, it's it's simple. It's um, raising suicide awareness. And uh, how I am doing that, uh, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is the leading 
um, suicide research and, and awareness organization out there in the United States. Um, they put, I don't have exact figures, but they put almost all of their money donated straight into either research or uh, funding programs to get information into schools and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked them. Another reason I picked them was they are partnered with the National Sports Shooting Foundation and Project 2025 to reduce suicide by 20% by 2025. Uh, and they're not trying to take firearms away. They're trying to educate firearms distributors and uh, gun stores in how to notice the signs of somebody who may be suicidal. So that's that's a big key to me. Um, but in the end, what I'm doing is riding to as many AFSP or American Foundation for Suicide Prevention events as I can. And in between there, those are the, the events that I make are typically on Saturday. So in between those events, every time I stop for fuel or at the campground or to get subway because I ate a lot of subway or, or wherever, uh, I've got flyers that I hand out that, that have links to my uh, social media accounts to get people to realize mm-hmm. that, hey, you know, this is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. Uh, just under 45,000 people killed themselves in 2016. Wow. We can do, yeah, we can, we can do a lot better than that. Um, you know, you're in New Jersey right now. And so New Jersey is actually a pretty decent state to live in when it comes to um, suicide issues. You guys are ranked 49th in the country. Oh, so okay. there's, there's only one other state in Washington, D.C. But in New Jersey, it's still the 11th leading cause of death. Uh, and it's still one suicide every 11 hours. That's so that's a shame. Yeah, it's a little over two a day. So, um, the national average when, when averaged out is 123 suicides per day. Uh, Hmm. you know, we can do a lot better than that. Uh, and that's, that's my deal is, is I'm just trying to get people to realize that this is a much bigger problem, um, than, than what we know. Um, you know, I'm in, in Utah right now, and we're the, Utah is the fifth worst state to live in. It's the seventh leading cause of death in the United States. Um, so, or I'm sorry, in, in the state. So, you know, it, it's it's not, we, we can do better. We can do a lot better. For sure. What is the, what, what's the worst state uh, with the worst record on that? Uh, I actually haven't looked for that. I haven't been in that state yet, so I haven't pulled the oh, okay. stats up on it. Do you know how many so, how many suicide deaths uh, that we have per year in this country? Uh, it was in 2016, just shy of 45,000. It's oh, 44,859, okay. um, if I remember right. Yeah. Okay. Can, can you can can you tell me, or can you speculate, or no, perhaps know what would might be the cause uh, of this? Well, there's. Part of it is access to mental health care, um, mental health care. And obviously, health care in general has been a nationwide issue for years now, but it's getting it's getting noticed more. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things and this, you know, like veterans have just over 20 suicides per day nationwide oh. estimated uh, first responders have 17. Well, you start looking at what people have been through and, and stuff like that. And people don't realize that. Um, in the end, uh, it's okay to not be okay. I think that part of our problems, and this is all personal opinion from what I see and some of the stuff that I've been through myself because I was suicidal at one point as well, is that in the end, we don't realize that um, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk to people. 
especially males were brought up from young age that, oh, get up, dust it off and go back and, and right. just make it happen. Sure. Uh, so, so males have a seven out of 10 suicides or, or 70% of the suicides are males. Um, you know, and that, I think that that has a contribution, a contribution to it as well. Uh, research is starting to show that, um, 75% of suicides, uh, people who committed suicide were had an undiagnosed mental health, uh, issue or challenges, I like to call them. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is one, because of the access or lack there of access to efficient, effective men- mental health care. Uh, and another part of that is because we just don't realize that sometimes you need to get help for certain problems. Yeah. You know, you can handle a situation that I need help with and vice versa. So, um, you know, talk about it is the big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now what, what inspired you to embark on this, uh, on this trip? Um, or to take this task on, you know, I, I had a, a very selfish reason that I wanted to get on the road again. Uh, and I won't get into that cause it, it's irrelevant, but you know, I, I got told by a few people that that's not you. That's not what you want to do. Like that's not your type of personality to get on the road for that reason. And so I kind of went back to the drawing board and I woke up one day and and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, You know, we need awareness. We need people need to realize that this is as big as a problem as it is. And it's only getting worse, actually, because there's a one point six percent increase in suicide between 2015 and 2016. So, you know, we can do better. Uh, and it, it just, like I said, I literally just woke up one day and realized that if I'm going to get back on the road, it needs to have a meaning. And this is a very, um, good meaning in, in my eyes, especially having been in bad places in my life. Hmm. Uh, I've had family members in, in rough spots. I've had friends, uh, commit, both commit suicide, attempt to commit suicide and think about committing suicide. Uh, and I've had, you know, you, you wake up and know, Chester Benningfield and Chris Cornell and Robin Williams, committed suicide and it's like well these are famous people with all the money in the world right exactly you know but but they're not figuring out what they need to do for their their um their outlet and that's the big thing that's one of the things i push is hey you know riding a motorcycle is my outlet to get rid of my stress and my anger and my pain and you know that's not going to be for everybody obviously but if you find your outlet instead of just choosing the wrong outlet you'll be better um, so like I said, I, I woke up one day and, and realized this is what I wanted to do. I talked to a couple of, um, close friends and my girlfriend and they said, you know what, that's a great idea. That's a great reason. And they supported me. So it went oh, from great. no support to 100% support for the right reason. Yeah. Uh, and started planning and here we are. Do you think that being a, a veteran was a partial motivation? Mm. Indeed. And it didn't help, um, or it did help, depending on how you want to look at it, that the second individual I put in a Marine Corps um, committed suicide back in September also. Oh. Uh, and he had been out for a little, well, a few years. Um, but Matthew was a very good man. He was a good husband, a, a good father, a good son. And, um, you know, I got that news as I was finishing up planning, and it just solidified everything that this is what I need to do. Yeah. Um, to, to get the word out there. So, and he, he wasn't the only one. Um, I'm sorry. He was the sixth person. The second person, the sixth person I put in the Marine Corps, uh, the second person I put in the Marine Corps, um, Joe, he committed suicide back in 2009. So, 
you know, it, it just, it just added to it when I heard about Matt and, um, it just, like I said, it just made it more of that, that more of a rock solid plan to, to do this because the pain that their parents and, and spouses and family and friends are going through will never go away. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. So, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that perhaps post-traumatic stress had something to do with that as well. It unfortunately did in both cases. Um, and PTSD is, you know, we're more aware of it now, but again, the access to mental health care, I, am a hundred percent disabled veteran. Um, and I have dealt with the VA for almost a year now and it's getting better, but it's still, there's still leaps and bounds it can go. And I talked to my friends that have never been in the military. I'm covered by both the Department of Defense and the Department of Veterans Affairs for healthcare. So if I can't go to one, I can go to the other one. Right. Um, but I, you know, I talked to friends that that work two part-time jobs because they they can't get full-time and they don't have healthcare and you know access for healthcare for for civilians and non-veterans is is just as bad almost uh, or almost as bad as it is for the VA. So mm-hmm. that's that's why or part of why I chose to say, hey, I'm not writing for just veteran aware- suicide awareness. I'm writing for everybody. And and if we're going to talk about suicide awareness, it's going to touch on that veterans have right. you know, the worst problem out there anyway. Okay. Well, before so, we hang up today, I'm going to give you uh, – I want to get you in contact with my friend uh, Rob Vici. He is one of the uh, people who run uh, an comp- uh, organization called VetRest. And, okay. ha- and they deal uh, specifically with veterans who are uh, – afflicted with uh, PTSD. So okay. I'll, I will, I'll, put, I'll put you in contact with him. Uh, get okay. it, let's, let's touch a little bit on your trip, on your journey here. Now, uh, uh, say for me again one more time, when you started this trip. January 1st. I January got 1st. And so today you've put on 36,000 miles so far. Just over, yeah. Yeah. Now, did you have a specific route that you're doing, or are you co- coordinating your route uh, in co- well, with, with events and appearances? It's more events and appearances than anything. Um, and the, the, the big contributor to that, especially being up in Jersey, the, this winter has not been. Yeah, no um, kidding. <laughs> has not been good. And so uh, January, I think it was 6th, I had my first event down in Edinburgh, Texas. Okay. And um, I bounced between Texas and Florida January and February uh, and part of March as well. Mm-hmm. And then. I got stuck in, uh, what was that? Winter Storm Inga, I think. And I was in Corpus Christi. Okay. Uh, I was on South Padre Island. And I looked at the weather the night before, and, and I knew there was a storm coming in. But I'm, I'm here. There's nothing I can do, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I don't see well at night, so I try not to ride at night. And um, the next thing I know is I looked at it and it said, hey, the storm will hit you at 630 in the morning. I said, sweet. So I set my alarm for 445. Uh-huh. And at 4.30 in the morning, my I didn't put my guy lines out for my tent or anything because the winds were going to be low. At 4.30 in the morning, my tent was laying down sideways on me. Oh. And um, so I jumped on the road, and that was uh, January 13th or 14th, I think. I jumped on the I, – I packed everything inside my tent. I got out. I balled my tent up. I stuffed it in the back of the bike. Um I had looked at the, the GPS. There was a Holiday Inn 14 miles away or 13 miles away. So I rode the 13 miles and, and 40 mile an hour winds in the dark and rain. And I pulled into the Holiday Inn looking like a wet rat asking, 
please tell me you have a room available. And she said, we do. And so they did. And I, I, I shacked up there for, uh, I don't know, about 25 hours, 26 hours or so. Yikes. Uh, and then the next day, which was, so it was the 15th. So the four, the storm hit me on the 14th. The next day I rode to, um, Lafayette, Louisiana, and it didn't get over 28 degrees for me all day. Oh. Um, and there was still ice on some of the roads, and, and uh, luckily I was on interstate most of the way. Yeah, that's not but riding weather. No, uh, and it didn't help. I had put a, I took the seat off my street glide, and I had them add a half inch of memory foam to it and a seat heater. And oh, well, there you go. an hour before I got to the, uh, to the campground, uh, my seat heater quit on me. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. Oh. Um, but they sent me a new one. I got to get that installed at some point, but it's all good. I had a heated vest, so that helped. I did not have heated gloves at the time. I do now, thanks to my mom for my birthday present. Um, Happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, you know, but so it's the, the challenges have been weather, really. Uh, you know, I did get a break in the weather. I was able to make it up to North Carolina, see some friends, but it was between events. Yeah. Uh, met some amazing people up there that I'm going to connect with at a uh veterans helping veterans kind of event here in the near future um and that's the thing too as i go along on the trip like i was in edinburgh uh texas for the out of the darkness walk there and they have a ride on may 6th i think it is um so i'll be i'll be going to their ride as well and events have been added on and stuff Mm -hmm. um you know here and there and as it goes yeah may 6th edinburgh american legion so that'll be a good ride so anybody down there if they want to join come on out to the american legion in edinburgh on may 6th okay um but uh you know and it's it what it comes down to is is i'm still you know the, the weeks between like today i was actually supposed to make it the grand national staircase um park and i i cut it short i wanted to go to moab instead good so that's a good choice moab uh, let me, well, let yeah. me ask you this: Getting back to your 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 accommodations, are you so you're are you camping this whole trip? Um, majority. Really? That's the goal is is to either camp um, when it's if it's below thirty five degrees, I'll get one of like a KOA has a cabin or a slick rock okay. campground here in Moab have yeah. cabins. Uh, if a couple of nights ago in southern Colorado, I got to. Um, I don't remember where, where I was, but it'll come to me here in a minute. But I got, got into town, and there were no campgrounds open. They're closed for the season still. And I didn't even think about it. I didn't check the look or anything before I got there. So I unfortunately had to spend the money on a hotel. But, um, you know, I didn't know anybody in that area. So hotel it is. Uh, yeah. But luckily, when I was in Vegas, I stayed with a good friend of mine um, for two days. So the budget, you know, the budget seems to... I, I always end the the month on budget. I don't know how, but but I always do. So that's what matters in 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 my aspect of it. You know where I'm staying and how I'm staying. Um, but it, it it's good. The the goal is to put a tent up everywhere I can go or stay with a friend. Obviously retired out of the Marine Corps with just under 18 years. So there aren't too many states or areas that I don't know somebody. It's just how long have I had contact with them? I don't That's like true. calling people for the first time and going, hey, I know we haven't talked in four years. Can I crash <laughs> on your couch? Yeah. I think that's just rude. Yeah, so. well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's the goal. And, um, you know, so far it's been good. I, I haven't, I, I regret not keeping track of how many nights I've camped, um, but I've camped 
probably 80% of the nights on the road so wow, far. Wow, that's that's a, that's amazing. That's cool. I, I I think that's great. The camping part of it sounds very fun. I have yet to do any motorcycle camping, but I have a plan to do something like that this year. Um, why don't you tell me, what's the reaction you're getting from people along the way at each of your stops? Um, a lot of shock. People don't realize that the problem is as bad as it is. And so, you know, it, it kind of, you, you kind of see most people kind of a light switch comes on, you know, but I've had polar, I've had everything in between from, from the basically, I don't care to, you know, crying and, and we end up hugging each other. So, but the majority of it is just shock. People don't realize that the problem is as bad as it is. Um, good good reaction overall though you know people are are getting on the facebook page for right out of the darkness they're getting on instagram for right out of the darkness they're getting on youtube for right out of the darkness so it it's it's working but the big thing is just getting the word out there and and letting people know that one the problem is as bad as it is two suicide's not the answer and three um there is help out there should you need it so it's it's working uh obviously like Mm -hmm. everything else that starts out it, it it's taken patience to allow things to grow, but it sure. is working. I, I think an impact. I'm actually. I know an impact is getting made because I'm getting emails and I'm getting messages on on Facebook and Instagram saying, "Hey, this helped me today," or, or you know, I I sent my cousin to your page and it's helped them or, or whatever. So it, I know it's working. Um, I it's I'm not a greedy person, but I want it to work better. So I'm I'm doing my best to make it work better. I'm sure. Hopefully, things will get better. Uh, have you have you met people who may be suffering from some sort of depression or uh, you know are kind of are kind of in that mode? Uh, yes, um, I met a young lady today. I actually just posted about it right before we got on the phone. That uh, you know, a few years ago, she was in a real rough spot in her life, and she started dealing with her mental health challenges through drugs, through substance abuse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now she's 10 months clean. She's got her kids back and everything is good. So she's, she's been there. She knows that, you know, life isn't always good and that it will get better. Um, I've met people that didn't realize that they were in abusive relationships and just kind of telling them like, Hey, that's narcissism or that's, you know, that's condescending. You don't need to take that. You don't need to, to, to run and leave him and her but you need to point out to the individual or, and you could both get help. And they've messaged me a couple weeks or months later in, in one case that's saying, Hey, thank you for opening my eyes. You've, you've helped me. Um, so it's, you know, the, the people are, people are depressed. That's kind of, it's human nature to have depression and to be depressed. It's human nature to also figure out what we have to do to fix that for our own personal self. I so. have you, have you met people who have been affected by suicide and what has been their reaction to what you're doing? Uh, plenty of people because most, actually not most, all of the walks are aimed at um, either suicide survivors, uh, which that goes two ways. You can be a suicide survivor because you are going to commit or attempted to commit. Mm-hmm. And you can be a suicide survivor because, you know, a direct relative, mom, dad, brother, sister committed suicide as well. Right. And so um, I would guess that a quarter just off of how many people I talk to a quarter of the people at the walks um, are suicide survivors of one side or the other. And the rest are either direct support for them 
or are people that were also impacted by somebody else, you know, an office worker, coworker, or something like that committing suicide as well. Right. Uh, the reactions from, from everybody that I talk to and that I see of what I'm doing is always positive. It's just the reception of how bad the problem is, is sometimes kind of, some people choose to dull that down. They either are busy in life, which I understand, or they don't want to face the facts. And I'm, I'm hoping that it's the first of those two and that they come back to my card later and realize that, oh, this is a bigger problem. We need to, we need to address it. Right. And now let me ask you this question. Have you, have you done the walks when you get to there or do you just say, no, I've been riding all day. I'm not walking. No, I, um, I have walked at every single, so I've been to nine walks this year. I've walked at eight of them. Uh, I did not walk at the Edinburgh walk. Um, just because it was my first walk, I wanted to see how everything was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I regret not walking at the Edinburgh walk. And the reason is because every location and every, um, area demographic is different right. and every almost every walk is put on by a different group of people still within the american foundation for suicide prevention but sure. still um, a different group and so they've all been laid out differently they've all been done differently they've all been amazing um but they're just it's i should have walked because it didn't matter how many i i do or don't go to every single one of them is unique in a good way right so now you got to get a pedometer and just start tracking how many miles you walk. I I use my Strava app for that. Oh, there you go. And, um, <laughs> I haven't I haven't tallied them up though, and I did I did have a I did have one error where Strava app wouldn't work, but but usually the walks are uh, right around three miles. There you go. So, okay. So yeah, that's yeah, that's the, what they shoot for. At the end of the interview, you'll give us uh, your your Strava page so people can follow you on that. Oh, I have to look at what that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now, let's, let's go to the motorcycle briefly. How has the motorcycle helped? Has that, has that been, uh, have you been getting reaction to that? So, I'm not a marketing guy. And when I went to one of my amazing sponsors, Cruise Armor, which they have a protective film, which keeps my bike beautiful. Um, they cut all of the almost all of the stickers that are on the bike so like cruisearmor.com and at out of right out of the darkness and some other stuff on there i didn't for the first three months almost i didn't have anything that mentioned what i was doing on the bike we just we missed it we missed saying hey i need something on there so since i've added the riding 100,000 miles to end suicide on the front windshield and the end suicide hashtags all over the bike and the helmet I've been getting a much bigger reaction from people when they see the bike uh, because 100,000 miles in a car in a year or less is it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and not I am not the first person that will have 100,000 miles on a bike in a year or less. Mm-hmm. I won't be the last either. I can guarantee that. But that's still not an easy feat to do. And so when people see that and then they start looking at the rest of the stickers on the bike, um, now the bike which i named her trinity or actually my girlfriend's kid uh, amazing that she is named her trinity and it works out but they see that hundred thousand miles in the front of there and it doesn't matter if they're a rider or not they stop and they take the time to read what else is on the bike okay so it it has helped um tremendously really in the end has it has it inspired people to do similar things um it 
I like to think it has. I know that, uh, like I said, me telling people, hey, you know, a motorcycle is my way to deal with my issues. Uh, so I've had a lot of people come to me and say, hey, how can I start to ride and how can I learn to ride? And I typically direct them to, I know almost every Harley Davidson has a riding academy. Yes, they do. So that's, yes. that's where I typically send them to just because I know. And if it weren't in an area that doesn't have a dealership near, I say, hey, check with your community college because a lot of the time they have riding academies of one type or another too. Um, that's the, the safest, best way to get somebody on a bike really in my eyes. Um, but I know other people have come to me and said how, you know, what I've had people come to me, Hey, I live down in Brazil. What can I do? How, how did you start doing this? And I just tell them how I started planning. Um, you know, sponsorship is, is needed for, for some things and it isn't needed for other things. So, you know, if you think you want to plan something big or do something big and you think a sponsor might help, it doesn't hurt to ask. I've mm-hmm. been told more, far more times than I've been told yes. Um, oh, great. But it, it's just one of those things that if you don't ask, you'll never know. That's right. Uh, but but I have had people come to me and say, hey, I want to try this or do that. And, and I give them the best advice that I can for what they're telling me they want to do. And then I try and direct them to the people that I think will be able to help them. Oh, great. There's this uh, saying that says... Uh, You'll never see a motorcycle parked in in front of a therapist's office. Do you do you see the motorcycle as a form of therapy and recovery for for people? One hundred percent. And when I when I get to saying I believe it, um, when I would ride my motorcycle to see my therapist, I would actually have to get back on my ride, motorcycle and take the long way home to calm me down from my therapist. <laughs> um, so. Okay. It, it's one of those things and that's you know yeah i have two trucks but i never drive them mm-hmm. um and so yeah it, it's it's therapy in every way there is really uh people don't realize it R- riders people who ride realize it. people who used to ride i've never heard a person tell me they don't miss riding motorcycle right um whether it be they they sold their bike um, for financial reasons or because they, you know, like I've got a bad hip and I know it's a matter of time until I'm on a trike or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, for whatever, for physical reasons or, or whatever, uh, or the, the spouse told them, Hey, it's got to go. You know, I've never had a person tell me I don't miss my motorcycle. Wow. Uh, and it's the therapy that they don't, that they, that they, they do miss. Yeah. It's not the, the, Oh, I ride a motorcycle just to be able to say that. Yeah. Um, have you suggested to people, hey, look, well, why don't you, if you get yourself a motorcycle, it'll change your life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, when I met, um, when I met my girlfriend, um, well, a little over two years ago now, uh, I had just bought my Y Glide and she said, oh, you'll never get me on the back of a motorcycle. Um, a few months later, when we, when we started dating, date number two was on the back of my street glide. And, after that, as often as possible, whenever we didn't have the kiddo, it's we're on the back of the bike. Well, she, you know, she, she's on the back of a bike. So for her birthday last year, I bought her, um, I paid for her to go to the course and learn how to ride. Oh, there you go. Great. And now it's it's just a matter of time until we get her a bike. I'm, she says I'm not allowed to buy her a bike, so I'll buy myself a fourth <laughs> bike that she's able to ride. So The only thing you're um, allowed to buy her is the, uh, the uh, Gremlin Bell. That's it. Well, yes, I, yeah. So she's, she said, like I said, I'm just going to buy her a, buy, buy myself a fourth bike that she's able to ride. Oh, so, okay. What, what kind of bike, what kind of, what kind of bike does she want? Uh, she sat on, 
a soft tail slim and really like that. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't really know how I feel about starting her out on a big bike. Um, a bigger bike, I should say. And so she also sat on a sporty 48 and a, um, 72. So it'll probably end up being between one of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in the new 72, um, or iron 1200, which is kind of a 72, that new iron 1200 is actually the only thing that bike would need for her ride ride would be a set of forward controls. So, um, cost wise, I mean, it's a 10, it's yeah, it's a $10,000 bike. So budget is, is friendly that way. She can learn how to ride. I'll have my sporty that I want to just zip around and, and, be a menace on and then uh <laughs> she she can once she gets more comfortable if she wants a slim then i guess i'll add a soft tail to the family well i'll too. tell you what uh the soft tail slim is the lowest seat height of any bike made mm-hmm. and as you know the new 2018s are like 35 pounds lighter so yeah but the sporties rock i love sporties yeah the this the new slim actually sits up a little bit higher now though too unfortunately but also fortunately because one of the biggest complaints of the old soft tails was how low they were and how poorly they handled all those new soft tails are amazing machines. And, and I don't know if I would get her or get an 18 and up or a 17 and down because they're, they're both good bikes, but yeah. it comes down to price and this is 17 true. and down. I can get a lot cheaper. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as goes for uh, corporate support, have you been getting any from Harley Davidson or, or anyone? Well, I, I haven't asked Harley. I haven't even talked to Harley. Um, I'm hoping that maybe one day I'll submit my mileage to Hog and Harley will just go, wait a minute, this can't be right. And maybe they'll reach out to me and, and figure out what's going on. Um, I think if you I reached out have, to them, they would, they would respond. I do think, well, they, I think they would, especially now. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I worked at Biggs Harley Davidson in San Marcos, California when I went to them with the idea um, and said what I wanted to do. They were amazing. They gave me a spectacular price on the bike. I keep getting asked, did, did I buy the bike or did they give me the bike? I bought the bike because I want to keep it when I'm done. I don't want anybody being able to tell me what I can and can't do with it right. when I'm done. Understood. Um, so, but Biggs Harley Davidson, I was a customer there for years. I started working there for seven months before I got on the road. They've always been amazing to me. Um, like I said before, custom dynamics, I, I messaged them saying, Hey, I've got your lights on my other two bikes. Can you give me a better price? Um, you know, hook, hook me up with a price discount. This is what I'm doing. Uh, they did one better. Kyle called me or emailed me and said, Hey, are you riding a road King or road King special? Because I'm going to send you everything you need for it. Uh, and so they did. And those lights have literally saved my life because of how bright they are. Yeah. Those are great uh, lights, man. I went to Cruise Armor and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. I need the bike to look good. And they said flat out, um, you know, just bring us the bike. Tell us what you're going to get and we'll wrap it for you. So my saddlebag lids, uh, front forks, front fender, gas tank, all look brand new still because of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Leslie K's insurance. They came to me and said, hey, we want to sponsor you. Uh, they've been amazing. I met Leslie K uh, March 3rd, had uh, an event with her at Cajun Harley Davidson. Um, she's a phenomenal person and their rates really can't be beat at all. Right. Uh, and then law tigers, uh, I've known Chuck Abney. He's the Southern California law tigers representative, um, for a couple of years now. And he also came to me and said, Hey, I respect and honor what you're doing. I want to help you out. So I'll be at the law tigers booth in Arizona bike week here on the 14th at, um, Westworld. 
uh, for them. So I've got I've got some really good support. Uh, also, Tire Dynamics down in San Diego, they're a complete automotive repair shop. They chip in some gas money every month, uh, which is always tremendous help. But they do everything from tires all the way to custom cars there. So uh, everybody that has, has come to me for support um, or I've gone to for support has been th- – this trip would not have been anywhere near as easy as it is. Uh, well, it hasn't been easy, but as, as good as it has been um at all and I'm, I'm very thankful for each and every one of them that's great uh yeah i'm looking at your bike right now on instagram uh you got a lot of work done on that that's that's beautiful looking bike she's she's a good bike she treats me well thank you um it it looks like a lot but it's really not like i said everything is everything is harley davidson except for the memphis shades windshield and hand guards and the pingle shift uh lever everything else is harley on that though yeah um and i've had there's a the new street cannon mufflers that harley made for the milwaukee eights are are four and a half inches instead of four and so they put a little bit more weight on the left side Mm -hmm. muffler and that's really the only major issue i've had is that dang bracket will start rattling because the the rubber bushing or or isolator goes out so fast now but other other than that the bike's been great it must sound um, really throaty with those big pipes on there. You know, when you're on it, it does. But when you're just cruising, it doesn't. And I have the older version of the Street Cannons on my Street Glide, and that bike is very throaty and very loud. But these new Street Cannons are are quiet when you want them to be and loud when you need them to be. Wow. Okay. So, nice. I, I, I'm looking at this one picture. You went over Wolf Creek Pass where the summit was uh, 10,856 feet. Was that the highest uh, road you went on? Uh, so that's what I thought. Um, that well, up until yesterday, that because that was yesterday, I went. Um, that was the highest I had been on on this trip. But today, as I came back through on Route seventy, I went through Eisenhower Tunnel, which is eleven thousand four feet, I think. Wow! Um, and I have been through Eisenhower Tunnel before. I forgot that I had. Um, almost two years ago now on my street glide. So I, I, when I posted that on Instagram, I said, Hey, I think this is the highest I've been. I was wrong. Um, and I'm, I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. So, <laughs> Good. um, but in the end today, we topped that for this trip at 11,000. I, th- I think it's 11,004 feet for Eisenhower tunnel. Nice. So, which, which is a cool ride. I'm actually going to put a video together here in a bit and put it up on the YouTube channel of going through, uh, the four or five tunnels that I went through today on on Route Seven or on Interstate Seventy. So, all right. Now the uh, the hand guards, how are they working for you? Because I have a pair of hand guards um, uh, on my bike as well. Because I have a, uh, a 2003 Heritage Softail. Now the hand, the hand guards are great. Um, I'm glad that I bought these. I was back talking to one of the techs, uh, one of our master technicians, Dave, and he said, "Oh, I've got a set of these," and he showed them to me on his Dyna. And I went and got them when it's, I didn't have heated gloves until the middle of last month. And, um, which those hand guards, I can't imagine how frozen my hands would have been without those hand guards. Those things are amazing. And then I caught a couple of bugs on those things that I know would have hurt a lot if I didn't. So <laughs> oh, yes. I've actually told, uh, Memphis shades that when I get done with this trip, I'm going to be buying two more sets uh, for my other two bikes as well. Uh, they, they are that good. The only difference is I'll paint them to match the, the other two bikes. My street glide's got 12 inch apes on it. So they just stick just above the fairing. 
Oh, there you go. And yeah. When I when I left Tombstone, Arizona, uh, the day after Christmas, two Christmases ago now, um, it was 16 degrees out. And so when your hands are right in the hand guards or right in the windstream, uh, as they are on my street glide right over that fairing, I needed those hand guards. I didn't even know it. Yeah. Um, so I'll, like I said, I'll be buying two more sets and painting them to match and putting them on. So great. Best hundred and whatever dollars I spent on those for sure. They, they're so, they're lifesavers too. Um, now you you have a, a seemingly an open invitation, but is there an invi- uh, Have you invited people uh, to come ride with you? Um, my first couple hundred miles were with a former coworker and fellow Marine. Uh, Matt rode out to El Centro with me when on the way to Yuma. Mm-hmm. Um, I've ridden some miles around Vegas with another friend. Um, actually, she you might you might know her. Um, Cricket the Boston Terrier on Instagram. Nope, can't so say I we do. Rode, oh, you might want to talk with her too. Um, <laughs> but she and I rode around a little bit here and there in Vegas. Um, other than that, in all honesty, I've oh, I did ride one group ride with Cajun Harley Davidson. That was good. Uh, I don't typically invite people to ride with me. Um, I don't tell people no, but and the reason for that is I have horrible anxiety and riding both helps cure that and both hurt that at the same time. So, uh, I'm slower through the passes and slower through the S, you know, the tight canyons and S curves sure. and I'm okay with that. But other people who ride with me are not, and they don't realize when I tell them, Hey, we're both going to the same place. You know, if you want to get a couple head, a couple miles ahead of me, that's fine. But I, I don't like people, uh, behind me, especially bikes, just because I've, I've been hit twice. Um, by other bikes? So, no, I've been hit by cars from the once from the left and once from the right. Uh, but tailgating is kind of one of my, or being tailgated is kind of one of my things that, it is, that yeah, just I agree. sets my anxiety through the roof. So, um, and that's another thing too, since I've been hit from the left and been hit from the right, I get kind of spooked here and there still. You'd, you'd think that after so many miles after being hit that I would be fine with it, but my brain just doesn't like it. No, I get um, it. But again, I'm not against people joining me, but they, I, I tell them very respectfully and politely that, hey, this is um, my ride and it's going to go my way. Now, that doesn't mean that nobody can ride with me. It just means that if you don't like the way I ride, then don't ride with me. Right. It's ride your um, own ride is pretty much the story. Yeah. Yeah. Ride to your ability and ride to your comfort level. Yeah. Okay. So, well, tell us about some of the... Uh some of the gear that you're using as far as goes for your tent, your GPS and things like that. Uh, my GPS is my iPhone. I've got an iPhone X. Okay. Um, and I just throw that on my, I've got Ram mounts all over the bike, but I've got two up on the handlebars, one for one of the two GoPros I have. Uh, and then one for the phone. Mm-hmm. I've got two GoPros that I don't use near as much as I should be. Uh, one's a hero five session and the other's a hero five black. Um, I've got my Marmot uh, Limelight two-person tent and then uh, air mattress and a mummy sleeping bag, and that's about it. All right. Um, I've got my iPad Pro that I, I do all my videos on. That's why my videos are real basic is because I don't, I don't I haven't found software that I care for that I'm willing to spend the money for that does everything I need it to do and mm-hmm. pay the money for. I understand. Um, yeah. And then after that, it's... 
that's that's really it. Uh, lots of charging cables and <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I've got a little Mophie battery pack that if I'm at somebody's house or have power, I charge that up and go, or I charge it on a bike and and go. Everything I've got two charging ports on the bike so I can charge everything while I'm riding and not have to worry about like last night when I started the bike up this morning, it was 34 degrees out. The bike kind of was cranky. Yeah. She, well, we're not cranky. She didn't really want to do that. So, but you know, that's, I don't want to be charging batteries while I'm doing that. So, um, you know, it's good though. Uh, this is the most technology I've ever taken. (laughs) Um, I'm a big dude, you know, like I said, six foot three at 200 and, well, I started at 227. I was at 205 when I was last time I weighed myself at the end of March. Um, so I've lost weight on this trip from eating lots of Subway. I was just going to ask you um, that. Has is, is that been your primary source of sustenance? Uh, it, yeah, it usually is. I get a ham and cheese footlong and eat uh, with all the vegetables and eat half of it for lunch and half of it for dinner. Um, and that's, you know, getting my veggies all day long is, is the good thing. Um, but the problem is too, you throw a dozen donuts in front of me, I'm going to eat those too. So, um, today I was able to, to fight that craving. So, um, but you know, I don't drink, I've been sober for almost 11 years and that has also been, um, a good thing with my mental health. Uh, you know, I don't drink soda I drink a ton of water. I drink a lot of juice, which obviously has sugar in it, but it's a little bit better for you. Um, you know, the, the big thing is, is you need to eat light so that when you're going down a road, you're not sleeping. Yeah. Um, and bad. yeah, it's, I have sleep issues and I have no problem falling asleep at behind the bars if, if I eat junk food. So, um, but you know, it, it's, it's a good system for me. Like I said, I get up, I eat a kind bar, I get on the road, I get hungry, I go grab subway, get gas, and then I get back on the road and you know, here, when we're done here, I'll go eat the other half of my sandwich. So, All right. Well, tell us about uh, some of the events that you're going to be attending uh, in 2018 uh, to spread your message and to get help. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to be, the next event that I'm going to be at is going to be um, Westworld for Bike Week, um, Arizona Bike Week. I'll be there on the 14th after I ride the good ride in the morning. That's Carrie Hart's um, good ride which helps uh, veterans. Uh, Then I'll be in the Reno Sparks uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention Walk um, on the 21st of April. That's at the Sparks Marina. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, if anybody out in that way, come out and walk. I'm going to make my way, weather permitting, out to State College, Pennsylvania, on the 29th of this month also. Uh, Another big event is going to be the Indianapolis ride to fight suicide at Southside Harley Davidson. And that's on June 24th. Mm-hmm. The weather should be really nice by then. All right. Um, and then Sturgis is really going to be the next big thing I'll be at. Uh, and I don't have locations and times for that just yet, but I do post that stuff up on the Facebook and Instagram pages as well. So, uh, and then after that, I'll, it's, I've got to sit down and start planning more between here and there, really. Well, you know, if you're not doing anything next month, there's always Myrtle Beach Bike Week. I have that penciled in. I'm not sure just yet. Um, well, if you make it, let me I know, because I, I will be there. I will be at Rolling Thunder uh, May 27th. Oh, okay. And I did forget about that one. So, right. um, 
Yeah, May 27th, I'll be there. May 19th, Biggs Harley-Davidson hosts the 17th annual May Ride, which is to benefit troops as well. I will be there. I'll be selling T-shirts, uh, patches, stuff like that. And where's Biggs um, Harley-Davidson? San Marcos, California. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I do sell T-shirts and patches to help fund maintenance on the bike. Sure. I'm on my third rear tire, um, and I'm still on my first front tire so at the next tire swap i'm going to swap out the front and i'm debating should i go white walls or not and well you can't go wrong with white walls they just it's well, just you got to keep them clean that's the only thing yeah and i'm not very good at keeping a bike clean so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's that's my only spot on it because i think that the white walls on the on the black and green would look pretty good it, the poll on instagram came out 50 50 so i don't know what to do <laughs> So, well, you got to do whatever's easy because I tell you what, I have white walls on my bike, and when they get dirty, they look nasty. Yeah, maybe that's probably the best thing is to stick with black walls then for me. I wish they made so. red walls. Red walls would be cool too. Well, not on a green and black bike though. <laughs> maybe green walls. You know, a friend, uh, a guy I had interviewed not too long ago, he found this company that made these, uh, I don't know, like strips that would go on your rim, and they were glow in the dark. And you can get them oh, in any color yeah. in any color you wanted. So, I might have to look for that. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, I don't uh, don't ride at night that much though. So, yeah, but still, you, you'll have the color at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for next, uh, you're headed out to Arizona. You said correct. Uh, I'm going to Arizona tomorrow, but I don't know if I'm going to get to the Phoenix area early or if I am going to get because uh, I'm not supposed to get to Bike Week until the 13th. Um, or if I'm going to go out to the Kingman area tomorrow and camp and then talk to some people and try and raise some awareness out that way. Or if, you know, it's it's either Phoenix or Kingman tomorrow. Uh, I've got to call the person that's allowing me to stay in their room, their hotel room, mm -hmm. and, and verify that that would be fine. I doubt that they would have an issue with it. Uh, and then I got to sit. I'm, I know I'm behind on miles, but I'm not focusing on miles so much, uh, really. I know I can make miles up. I'll make miles up when I bang out to... State College, Pennsylvania, on the 29th, You know, so it's right. it's one of those things that, um, you know, I'll catch up on miles. I'm not worried about that. So May, that's uh, May 29th. You're going to be at uh, State College. Yes, at the center. It's uh, Center County Walk at Sid Sydney Friedman Park in State College, Pennsylvania. All right. So and then the following week, if you're since how you're in the area, kind of sort of, if you headed up to Lake George, New York, that is the Americade Motorcycle Rally, and then the very yes. week after that is Laconia. Yes, and I am still penciled in on Laconia as well. Um, I write a monthly column, and April was my first month being published in Thunder Press Magazine. Okay, um, so that can be checked out at ThunderPress.net. Uh, and so they have invited me to Laconia. I do have it penciled in. I'm not positive if I'm going to make it yet or not. Uh, I have never been to Laconia, so there's a high probability that I'll be there. Okay, great. Uh, so how can people learn more about you and what you're doing? The easiest way to get to my YouTube page, Facebook page, and Instagram page is to go to rideoutofthedarkness.com, all one word. Uh, and there are links um, about me. There's a donation link. Uh, and then on top of that, there's links to get to, like I said, the Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube channel as well. All right. 
and of course Instagram as well. Now all these links. Now you don't have a website of your own, do you? I, I do. Just thank you to a amazing friend, Lauren. Um, the she helped me out with that. So, like I said, it is. It's just rideoutofthedarkness.com, all one word. All right, out of. I'm typing this right now. Darkness. One said you can spell it.com. And great, perfect. Now, and people can actually contact and donate to you through the yep. website, correct? There's donation right there at the top. And that, so the, the thing with donations, um, I do not take cash donations because I don't want people coming to me and going, hey, what'd you do with this money? Right. So, you know, if somebody wants to donate to me for gas money or something like that, I had a lady come up to me at the last walk and she handed me um, 10 bucks. I said, nope, I don't, you know, here, let me, I have patches that I sell. So I gave her a couple patches because I sell the patches two for $10. Um, and that, you know, it, it offsets. It feels like people don't, I don't want people thinking I'm st- stealing money. Um, so now the cool thing is, is if people donate, whether it's on the Facebook link or the website link, it's the same link in the end. Uh, it goes directly to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And on top of that, the person donating gets the tax, the 501c tax form, so that when they do their taxes at the end of the year, uh, they get credit for it as well. Okay. Uh, one little statistic that I'm looking at that you have on your page uh, regards to suicide rates by ethnicity between 2000 and 2016. Uh, now, it's, it's broken down into white, black, American, Indian, Asian, Pacific Islander. And we have age-adjusted rate. Uh, can you explain what this, uh, what this chart is pointing out? The age-adjusted rate is what the um, – it's not the AFSP. It's the uh, – why can't I think? It's the, the U.S. government okay. um, when they – I can't remember which agency it is for some reason off the top of my head right now. They adjust everything out. to It's basically an average of the age. Okay. Um, so you can kind of get a idea of what kind of people are – um, unfortunately taking their lives. So the highest is middle-aged white men. We, we, you, you and I are kind of the statistic right now. Um, not kind of, we are the statistic. So, uh, in the end, um, right now what's escalating and going up is, uh, 15 to 24 year olds. It's the number three cause of death for 15 to 24 year olds. It's the number two cause of death for college students. And unfortunately, uh, bullying and cyberbullying are the bigger causes of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lack of um, mental health access, especially for, you know, younger people don't realize that it's harder for them to put stuff into words sometimes right. as to what's going on. So, but yeah, that, that age adjusted rate is, is what the um, Center for Disease Control, there it is. They're what uh, end up determining that number off of the statistics that they have okay and we see here that american indian is number two at rising yes uh and that comes again especially in the tribal areas it's very hard to get uh health care um it's unfortunately just another issue that we have with our health care uh system that, that that we have right now and getting health care and that they the tribes tend to want to rely on tribal help only. Um, it's a pride thing. Mm-hmm. And while I understand being proud, uh, we need to convey to all people, no matter who they are, that that sometimes you have to go outside of your circle, your inner circle, or your, even your outer circle to find the help that you need. 
Um, it doesn't make you less of a person to, to get help. Actually, in my opinion, and just about everyone else I know, it makes you a stronger person. It takes a ton of strength to ask for help and to get help. Sure. So, Absolutely. you know, it's go, go do it, you know, and, and the people that you will have people, um, look at you differently, which is unfortunate because most people don't know that I have PTSD, anxiety, depression, and adjustment disorder. And when I tell them that I, I, they look at me like, well, I would never have known. Or they look at me like, oh, there's something wrong with you. And it's about 50, 50. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, before you knew, you didn't think there was anything wrong with me. It's just how I handle it. Right. And so when you go outside of your, your circle, you're going to have people that backlash at you one way or another. And it's unfortunate and it's sad and it's inhumane, mm -hmm. but it's going to happen and it's going to make things harder at first. But once somebody realizes that those are not the people that you need in your life, yeah. um, you know, welcome them back in when they apologize. But until then, don't. So. All right. Uh, well, is, is there any how can people help out? And do you have any final words? Um, yeah, there's. It's actually really easy for people to help out. They can get on AFSP.org for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and do their own research. Uh, they can follow the Facebook page and share the Facebook page is the big thing. Invite all their friends to like it. Uh, same thing with Instagram. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel to see. I, I kind of don't really talk much about suicide on the YouTube channel, but more points of, hey, you know, this is a different perspective. You look at certain situations in life, situations I've been through or my friends have been through. Right. Okay. Um, but really, the biggest thing is, is when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm having issues. Um, listen to understand. Don't listen to respond. Uh, that's one of the biggest thing. Okay. My my biggest thing on this earth, uh, my biggest opinion on this earth is that we all are loved. We all have purpose uh, and we all have value and we just need to find our value, find our purpose and go do it. That's really what it comes down to. Excellent. Wonderful advice. Grant, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the Motorcycle Men podcast. I, I wish you uh, safe travels and uh, great success with what you are doing. Well, I appreciate being on the show, and I'll make sure that when I'm out in your neck of the woods here in the near future, I'll swing on by. Absolutely. And I will put links to all of your pages and uh, to your website on the Motorcycle Men website as well. Awesome. You guys rock. Much appreciated. Thank you very much, Grant. Be safe. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to this episode 137 with my guest, Grant Bourne of Ride Out of the Darkness. So go on over to www.rideoutofthedarkness.com to learn more about Grant's mission. Links to all of Grant's contacts and social pages will be in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website. YouTube. Go over to Motorcycle Men channel on YouTube and you can listen to our shows there as well. And you can get to see some of the videos we have up there. Also, check out our Facebook page. Motorcycle Men Podcast on Facebook. We'll be back in the V-Twin Cafe next week with Tim Buck 2 and Chris the Joker and our new fourth member, new co-host, Justin Shoes Brown, will be joining us. Justin's going to bring his expertise and knowledge uh, with him to the show and add another fourth dynamic we have there we got some new changes coming up going forward. All of our shows will be recorded on Monday evenings, and the shows are going to be a little shorter now. There's some more changes, and we're going to be announcing those on our show next week on Monday.
Don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters and YouTubers and moto bloggers. Uh, those links to those you will find on our links page on the website. All of these podcasts, moto bloggers and YouTubers, many more out there, do great things to promote and encourage our sport and passion. Their support is needed by you, the rider. So please be sure to do that. So from Tim Buck 2, Chris the Joker, Justin Shoes, and me, Ted Wrongway, your host. It's the Motorcycle Man Podcast, where we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids. <laughs>